Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Connor Brown. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more. Have you ever find, found yourself wondering how to elevate your Instagram game to the next level? Maybe you're curious about the strategies that make an Instagram account not just seen, but truly engaging and profitable. Or maybe you're looking to transform your Instagram presence into a powerhouse of engagement and sales. Well, you know what? If those questions have run through your mind, then you are in for a treat today. We are excited to welcome a guest who has mastered the art of Instagram. She's an expert in Instagram strategy who has helped countless brands and entrepreneurs maximize their potential on the platform. Jen Herman will be discussing what she's learned, her insights, and sharing her techniques for leveraging Instagram to your advantage. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind, and get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Jen, I am thrilled beyond measure that you are here with us today. I'm so excited. We're finally doing it. <laughs> I know. It's great. So it just works out. She, It's always that time thing, but it has happened and we are just going to dive right in. But I want to make sure that people who may, which is very, very rare, who don't know who you are, <laughs> but I want to introduce you. She is, Jen Herman is a social media consultant. She's a speaker, a globally recognized Instagram expert. She's a sought after and international speaker that she provides tips and resources and training for organizations of all sizes that need to structure the their social media strategies. Her business background includes administration, sales, human resources, and marketing, and she enjoys bringing all these skills together to help you grow your business. She's been featured everywhere, Inc., Fox News, BBC News, Yahoo Finance, Entrepreneur, HuffPost, the list goes on and on, and she is the author of Instagram for Dummies, Business Instagram for Business for Dummies, and the Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. So if you're a dummy, she is the place that you need to get all your information from. By the way, if you want to find those books, you can actually go to Jeff C, not there, Jeff C dot live. I can't even read my, uh, my thing. Um, so and, and just go to Jeff C dot live and you can find that we're over on Amazon right now and you can check those out, but she's also got her own special book. That's not even listed on Amazon. We're going to be talking about that later and you can find that at jenstrends.com forward slash books. That's Jen jenstrends.com forward slash books. If you're listening on the podcast, that's J-E-N-N-S-T-R-E-N-D-S.com forward slash books. Oh, got it all out. Jen, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. So always two ends in Jen. Just that's gotta right. Remember that one yes. end on her and it's two ends on Jen. It confuses everybody. That's right. I always do the same thing. It's Jeff C. I before E, especially in C. That's how my mom taught me. So that's how we say it. So we're going to dive into this first section really quick. And, and 
I, I always read your blog. You do a great job on social, but one of your recent posts, you highlighted the importance of direct messages on Instagram. So right off the bat, how can small businesses and solopreneurs use direct messages more effectively to engage with their audience in 2024? Great question to kick this off. I love getting in deep start. <laughs> so in, DMs are really powerful, right? They're your chance to have a one-on-one -on -one connection. And the thing is, Instagram is pushing direct messages. They want you in direct messages. And this kind of goes back to like, you know, when there was like the whole Facebook group thing launched and they were like, Facebook was like, we're going to give more power to the Facebook groups. So everyone launched a Facebook group. That's how Instagram is treating direct messages. They want you in direct messages. So if you're there, you're more likely to get those relationship connections. And Instagram has said that if you have a personal relationship with somebody on Instagram, your content appears higher in their feed. And what defines a personal relationship? is direct messages. So if you send me a direct message and I respond and you and I have even just two or three messages of dialogue, Instagram goes, oh, well, look at you. You must have something in common. You must like each other. And the next time you log in, my content is higher in your feed because you and I now have a personal relationship. So we want to move towards getting those DMs with our audience. We want to build those connections. And some of the easiest ways to do this is through your Instagram stories. If someone quick replies to your story, it opens a DM. If they send a message as a response to your uh, Instagram story, it opens a DM. And so take that opportunity that if they have engaged with it, don't just be like, okay, great, and ignore it thank them or ask a question or even just put up an LOL, anything that starts to create this back and forth dialogue for your brand, it's building that connection with that audience member, giving you algorithmic preference in the feed when that person comes back to look at content. The other more advanced strategy is to request DMs in your feed posts. So mm. instead of saying, click the link in my bio, which I will still do that for evergreen. Like if I want to talk to you about my hashtags on Lockbook, I'm saying, go to link in bio. If I'm going to tell you to, you know, sign up for the membership, I'm going to say, go to the link in my bio. All of those are evergreen content. But if I'm telling you that I'm going to be doing this live show, if I'm telling you that I'm going to be doing a webinar and those are short term links, I instead say, send me a DM and I'll get you the link. Mm. So now they send me a DM that says, Hey, Jen, I'd love the link for that webinar. I reply with the link, say, I hope to see you there. Can't wait. We're going to have some great content, whatever it is. And now we have a one-on-one -on -one relationship that again, augments me algorithmically, but it's also providing a value and a service to them. Plus, it's like really good lead generation for me because now right. I know who's signing up for these things and who's interested in what. So it's market research and leads all bundled up in one strategy. So I real quick, sorry, Connor. I wanted, I, I know I jumped on your line. Um, <laughs> I, I too, so go for it. Uh, so what I wanted to dive into about this, because I see a lot of uh, influencers on Instagram pushing like uh, automatic DMs, like right. Manny chat and That's stuff like exactly. that. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? So what are your thoughts on using that? Because I've heard great things and then I've heard, oh my gosh, it was a nightmare and I got banned. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on those kind of things? This falls somewhere in the middle. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it can be great. And if you do it really well, 
then it can work. The key is not to overdo it with the automatic responses. So if you've got a, a chat bot, you know, scheduled that if someone comments link on your post, it's going to generate a the link for that webinar. If you've got someone sending you a DM saying, I want, you know, the link to that book and you've got to, you know, that's going to be in a trigger for your, your bot, then that's fine, but you've got to stop it. <laughs> like it, it can't be that every time they send you something, you're doing this long follow-up and you have to make sure it's very targeted because people know, like, I don't, it's actually funny because I don't actually use a chat bot on mine. And I get, when I do this, you know, send me a DM. I have so many people that will be like, I know it's your chat bot that's going to respond with the link. And I'm like, right. so I, I will voice memo them and be like, totally not a chat bot. Um, <laughs> just because people expect that. Like it's, right. it's starting to take over as, you know, oh, now it's the automated responses and I'm not going to like actually talk to you. And I don't know if it's you or it's somebody on your team. So if you can personalize those responses when you do have those moments of opportunity to, you know, use their name or do a voice memo instead of just that, you know, direct written response, that can help personalize the experience that you're going in even after a chatbot gave them the link, but you're personalizing the experience beyond that, that can make a significant difference. Um, and honestly, unless you're getting hundreds, even dozens of you know people saying link 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 i would avoid the chatbot like the, mm. the chatbots are great but when done in the right strategy and obviously we know some friends you know who are very good at doing this the right way but then people don't do it the right way and marketers right. ruin everything right so don't overdo it don't like if you're if you're only going to get 10 or 15 people asking for that link don't set up a chatbot just take the time right. or have your you know your assistant or whoever manually put that response in. But if you're getting hundreds or thousands, of course, yes. Chatbots yeah. are obviously going to streamline the process. Yeah. I think a lot of people see that. And, a, and the th funny thing is, is a lot of people sell their affiliates to ManyChat or whatever. Um, and I, I like what you just said about at a certain level, it might be something to look at, but it's not going to, it's not going to change your business. If you only have, you know, 15, 20 people responding to have a chatbot that's going to also grow yeah. your business for you. That's that's them trying to sell you their affiliate links. So I think yes. that's, that's a really good, really good point. So kind of pivoting off of that, you know, engagement. I know I love the, the, the DM, the one-to-one -one, building a relationship back on social media. I think it's great and it's such a useful strategy, but you know, when we're posting to the feed, whatever it might be, we do want to see some sort of engagement just to know, Hey, I'm putting this out there in the world. Hopefully my audience it's resonating with them and they're responding to that. So Jen, for, for 2024, you know, knowing what you know about current engagement trends and everything that's going on on Instagram, do you have any tips for, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, anyone who's on Instagram when it comes to boosting their engagement and their reach? Yeah. So first you have to know what you want with that post. I will do posts purely for engagement. I can throw up a photo of my daughter. Boom. Engagement. <laughs> I can throw up a photo of my hashtags on locked ebook. Not a lot of engagement, but I'm going to get website clicks on that photo of the ebook. I'm not going to get website clicks on the photo of my daughter. So what is your intention? Do you want engagement? Do you want website clicks? They are not necessarily dependent on each other. And I will have posts that get 18, 20 likes on them. I don't care because they generated 50 website clicks. 
So it's about knowing what you want. And if you are looking for engagement posts, because we all need those, we need engagement to keep our content well performing, keeping it in front of our audience. If everything is that sales post and your engagement's going down, it's only going to keep going down and it's not going to perform. So we need that balance of engagement and sales posts. So for the engagement posts, no call to action. Don't, don't ask them to do something. The moment you ask them to do something, you decrease the likelihood that they are going to leave a comment unless the call to action is to leave a comment. They're less likely to put up a like. You've already asked them to do something. And if you want them to do something, you're less worried about the double tap because if they double tap and scroll past, they're probably not seeing your call to action. So you need to like format your content for that specific outcome that you want. Your engagement posts are going to be really short reels. So we want reels under 30 seconds are going to be ideal for more engagement. The quick, fun, behind the scenes, the bloopers, the entertainment, the photos and videos of your dog, whatever it is, those are going to be your engagement posts. You can do the same thing with your, whether it's carousels or feed posts, having those behind the scenes, having people laughing. People want to see happy emotions. They're more likely to react positively. So if you've got a photo of you just laughing as coming at the camera, you're probably going to get higher engagement just because it's a happy emotion. They're more likely to respond with, oh, that's a really cool, even if they don't read it, they're more likely to engage. So when you want engagement, focus on the visual, focus what people are going to see that is more likely to drive those likes. Now, of course, engagement could also define shares and saves. So if you want those things, that's when you get into that educational content. That's when you get into the the tutorials and the resources and the tips and the, you know, here's a tactic to do this or whatever it is you want to walk people through. And those are incredibly valuable for engagement. But again, maybe not a ton of likes maybe like a mid range, but you're going to get the shares. You're going to get the saves. You're going to get people putting that in their stories, sending it to their friends and their DMS because it's a value add piece of content that drives up engagement. And all three of these sales, you know, resources, tutorials, and then your engagement posts all have their place in your strategy. Mm. So I want to ask a question on that note, because I know we've had some people, some Instagram uh, folks on here before who've talked about using your feed that's your business stories yeah. is your um, kind of like what you're saying, your picture, of your dog or your daughter or whatever. Um, do you think it needs to be segmented that much? And if not, why not? It totally depends on your brand. Okay. So I am my brand, right? I am Jen's trends. So if I put a photo of my daughter in my feed, it's fine. Cause it's my brand. But if I am, you know, Coca-Cola, Am I going to put a photo of my daughter on Coca-Cola's feed? No, of course not. (laughs) Probably not going to put it in the stories either. But you know what I mean? Like you, it depends on your brand and who is your brand and who people expect to see when they come to your profile. So yes, your grid does long live on forever. It's always there. It's not something like stories that disappear. So you do want that more evergreen content. You do want that more brand rich content on your feed. But remember, people connect with people. And if everything on your feed is a sales post, if everything is about your product, your service, and that's all you talk about, why the hell would anybody follow you? (laughs) Like there's nothing of value, right? Like why, like what are they getting out of it? So people want to know the people behind their brand. The people want to know, like every weekend I do a post and it's my personal post. And then maybe it's a, 
you know, woe is me. Maybe it's a mom life. Maybe it's a, hey, this is how I grew up. This is my past. Those get crazy good engagement for me and a ton of DMs, a ton of, you know, dark social engagement with people Mm -hmm. going, oh my gosh, yes, I relate so much to this. It's so great to hear someone else going through this or whatever it is. And that builds trust for my brand. That makes them want to work with me as a speaker, as an expert, as a consultant, but it's not technically business related. So you have to find that balance that works for you. In general, stories can be the more fluffy, the more entertainment, the behind the scenes, the goofy. But, and here's the thing, and I always tell people, I'm like, do you know why stories are the highest converting content? Because you share all of that in your stories. (laughs) (laughs) So if you started sharing that in your feed, your feed would be higher converting content too. People want that personal side. They want to see your hair down. They want to see you flub up with imperfect lighting or bad audio, you stumbling over your words. That's what makes you relatable. And that is what makes them want to buy from you. Well, the way I flip up my words on this show, you know, I'm really relatable, I guess. Um, so, and scenes. by the way, uh, I think we need a behind the scenes post of Jeff gluing his beard on. Yes, every morning. That, that's what should be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and by the way, yeah, by the way, when she said dark social, that's not the dark side, Connor. It's different. Oh, and we'll, no. we'll, we'll bring I, it I to you later. Into the dark web once. It was oh, that's very scary. scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, um, I got so excited um, that Jen was on the show that I forgot to mention our sponsors of the show, which is the amazing Ecamm. You can find out more about them at social media. I mean, it's at ecamm.com forward slash Jeff. That's a new landing page I have where you can actually go and save 15% on your first order by just putting in Jeff 15. So ecamm.com forward slash Jeff. And that kind of ties in because I use Ecamm to actually, when I do create reels or TikToks or the vertical videos for any platform, uh, I use Ecamm for that. But You've shared thoughts, um, especially on your blog, Jen, about the optimal length for Instagram reels. Can you explain like how businesses should decide on the length and the content of their video posts to best engage their audience? Because like Gary's even in here and he said he would love to actually start. Let me pull up that comment. He would love to start doing some credit education live streams on Instagram around business credit, answering questions, which is another form of, you know, vertical video. So how can businesses, you know, have the right length and all those things that you've mentioned before for Instagram reels? So it's worth pointing out because it's super confusing. Everything that is a video on Instagram is a reel, unless it's a story that it's not a reel. So it's very confusing. If you upload a video to Instagram, it's a reel. If you do an Instagram live and you save the replay, that's a reel. So it's very confusing in terms of what is a reel and how to create a reel. So for the sake of argument, reels as a individual piece of content are when you create that within essentially Instagram. You can use a third party tool to upload, but these are up to 90 seconds. So these are your short form video. This is the knockoff of TikTok. These are these short form videos. Ideally, if you want, we're talking super top of funnel, like the very top awareness. These are the ones that get shared into explore. These are the ones that get into suggested posts. These are how you reach new people. Those videos should be under 20 seconds. Mm. Most videos over 30 seconds will not get shared into explore or into suggested videos. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's very uncommon. Typically, Instagram is only going to recommend content that is 
under 30 seconds and even under 20 seconds because they know that in that explore feed you don't have an attention span you are you're just whipping through things so we want really short content for top of feed no call to action no introduction probably not even super tutorial based it's not value add content it is just awareness content then we get into the the kind of mid-range that 30 to 60 second range even like 30 to 45 second this is starts being your crossover this is where you start introducing more about your brand but probably not targeted towards your followers these are the people who have seen your reels in the feed for they're scrolling through the reels feed and they've seen your content but they aren't actually following you so they're more likely to watch your reels but they haven't actually followed you yet so you're still not committed to this relationship they're going to give you a little bit more than that 20 30 seconds and then when you get into the 60 to 90 seconds now you're into that long form right, <laughs> short right. form video now you're doing the tutorials now you're doing the the value add now you've got the calls to action now you've got the resources in there to serve your audience the longer form video is meant for your existing audience doesn't mean that people who don't know you aren't going to see it that's still going to get shared that's still going to be you know promoted or people are going to tag a friend in a comment or whatever it is but assume that that long form the 60 to 90 second is for people who know who you are so again you don't necessarily need an introduction you don't necessarily need to give a lot of background you could have a really quick little like hey i'm jen herman the world's forefront instagram expert blah 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 blah. like i would keep it super short not do a long in any video on instagram a long introduction um and then we get the long form so if you had a two or three minute video you're going to upload that separately that is going to be where you've got clips of podcasts that's where you've got a, a longer you know introduction to a a team strategy or to something related to how how to use your your product uh, uh, maybe it's like a helpful tip or here's information on our launch or or here's a message from our ceo maybe it's a pr campaign or whatever those longer ones you have to upload separately as a video but then gets in there as a reel mm. okay i'm i'm really fascinated about this so i have a lot of questions <laughs> Um, sorry, Connor. Uh, once again, this is, this is why I love to do this show. It is free consulting is what it is. So what I'm hearing you say, and I know Chris Stone and Jim Fuser in the audience, and they do this kind of the same thing where they do an interview show, they chop it up, they put it to Instagram, they put it to, you know, to, um, TikTok, that kind of stuff. So to get on that discover page, to grow our Instagram account, should I take 20 seconds of say what you just said, like a really tight little bite, split that up and start pushing that up to uh, reels so people can discover me and my show easier and better and just do like really quick 20, 30 second things for that. Super short. Yeah. And it could be, I mean, honestly, it could even be if you've got a blooper of, you know, oh, you on the show or anybody yeah. on the show, bloopers are great, right? Cause people are like, you know, when the camera falls over, people are going to stop and watch that play again. So it's a couple views. It's just, like it's awareness, but it's enough to get their attention that they're more likely to see the next time you share one of those videos that is the 23rd second clip from the podcast. Um, uh. It can be you asking the question, like super like, you know, Jen, tell me more. And then right. it's my answer. Like, so the, we hear your voice and then I come in and cause it's the, that Jen, tell me more becomes the hook, right? Where you're using that clip from the podcast as your intro hook on a reel. 
Jen, tell me more. I just did that for the. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, what about, yeah, go ahead, Connor. What about like um, any strategy behind posting it to your feed as well, or just keeping it in reels? Like, is there any rhyme or reason behind that, or is it just kind of a feel thing? So this is one of those where it is kind of like keep it your brand on one and then your other things on the reels. So like, for example, if I take my daughter to the zoo or to SeaWorld and I film or I create a reel of that experience, maybe I want to tag SeaWorld in it. Maybe I'm hoping they give me a little shout out, but I'm not going to put that on my feed because it has nothing to do with my brand, but it's on my reels tab. So if people go to my reels, they can still see those videos, but I don't want it to live on my grid. Now, anything else that I do for a reel, I'm always going to put on my grid. The only time I would take it away after the fact is if it is like promoting a uh, like a conference or a webinar that has expired or a campaign contest giveaway that is expired. I might then pull it off my grid and let it li just live on on the reels tab. But that way there isn't that confusion of people being like, oh, I still want to sign up. And it's three weeks after the, you know, the air date right. or the, the right. end sort of thing. But in general, yes, if you are doing reels that are related to your business, they should be on your grid because that's where people are going to go first. That's where they are going to go scroll. They're not going to default to your reels tab. Love See, it. this is why we have her on the show. So much. Good so uh, Chris is saying, I'm going to try that, do a quick value int uh, intro to the interview clip, a little more effort, but could change the game. Uh, yeah, I, there's going to be some experiments coming up uh, on my yeah. channel as well. And then Pam says, hey, Jeff, using quick short reels is how I have built followers for several companies since the start of reels. So that's awesome, Pam. Thank you for letting us know. And so, uh, yeah, just so many, so much good stuff here. Man, I just, I don't have enough hands to take so many notes. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> the good I thing like is it's a replay. That's right. Yeah. No, shut <laughs> up, man. Come on. Yeah. Listen up. Um, but I do like the, the, you know, the importance of the grid of the profile, right? People are going to go there once they get fed something and explore to see what are you about? And, you know, Jen, the profile, a lot has changed recently. Uh, you can add more links in your bio, right? So now you got to be specific. Go to my bio, click the right link in <laughs> right. those sorts of things, right? But what do you think, you know, businesses um, or anyone should focus on when it comes to optimizing your profile, right? Description, links in your bio, all sorts of stuff. So I do a whole webinar just on this topic. So we're going to really condense this because <laughs> we can go for the next half an hour. So first and foremost, it is super important that you optimize your bio. It is This is your 30-second elevator pitch. The only time anyone's ever going to read your bio is the first time they come to your profile. So you are writing your profile description as someone's the first-time visitor. So you want to tell them who you are, what you do, and what's in it for them. This is not about you, it's about them. So we want it bullet point format if possible. We want it to be scannable. They're less likely to read if it's big, long run on paragraphs. So use like emojis or bullet points to break up the, the, the content. You wanna make it short and sweet. And I highly recommend you don't write your own bio, to be honest. We are horrible at writing about ourselves. So challenge your colleagues, your coworkers, your customers, your spouse, your friends, whomever, to say, if you could describe my business in five words or in one sentence, what would it be? 
gather all that information and then turn around and see, is there a common thread? Is there certain words that they're always using and use that to then kind of write your bio? The other super important thing is that your bio is now critical for keyword search. Instagram looks at three areas when someone types in a keyword search, it looks at your profile description, it looks at your content caption, and it looks at your content hashtags. So your bio tells Instagram what your content is about, what your brand is about. So if I created a post that was about, you know, San Diego weather, but my bio says I talk about Instagram, my post about San Diego weather isn't going to rank super high in those search results for San Diego weather because my content in general, my brand on the platform isn't about San Diego weather. It's about Instagram tactics. But if I go and post something about Instagram tactics and people are looking for Instagram strategies, Instagram goes, well, her post is about that and her bio is about that. I rank higher in those search results. So we want to make sure that we've who we are, what we do, what's in it for them with the relevant keywords that somebody is looking for. We're not making up fancy words. You're not the chief of happiness <laughs> over here, right? Like <laughs> use the words that matter to what people are searching for. Use all your fluffy words in your content, not in your bio. And then you want to make sure you have all those contact options turned on that are relevant for you. So whether you can call, text, email, directions, make reservation, whatever it is, have those enabled. I only have email turned on because I don't want people calling me at three o'clock in the morning. I don't want people knowing how to get a hold of me. But if you have a business phone, if you have a physical right. storefront and you have a business phone, put your phone number on there. You want people to be able to call you or have a Google phone number set up or something that you want people to be able to call you. Real estate agents, put the phone number on there, whatever it is, but have those means for people to be able to contact you that if they come to your profile and they go, I want to know more, they can actually get a hold of you. And then for the link option that you just brought up, yes, Instagram allows you to have multiple links. I think this is a horrible idea for anybody who wants to be strategic. They are helpful. Yes, for the average small business who doesn't have a robust website, for somebody who maybe runs an Etsy store and doesn't have an individual website, the multiple links are great and you should absolutely use them. But if you have a standalone website, if you have a website where you can create any page you want, you want one link on your Instagram profile and you want one dedicated landing page that is not linked to on any menu header anywhere on your website. It's kind of a hidden page. And it's only if people click on that link on Instagram that they land on that landing page. It's optimized for mobile. There's no pop-ups or distractions and it gets them to your website. So they're not going through a link in bio or a third party tool. They land on that page and you can do this if you go to my uh, Instagram, jenns underscore trends, click on my link in bio, you'll see how mine is formatted. It has different button options. I think there's six options, one for books, one for speaking, you know, one for working with me. And you just click on the option you want and it takes you to that section of my website. The reason this works is it keeps them A on your website. So if they go somewhere and go somewhere else, all your Google Analytics are tracking it. You can see how they behave. But also if you have your Facebook pixel set up on your website, you now own all that traffic. You can retarget it. You can send people ads because they just went to your landing page and maybe never went anywhere from there. You still own that traffic. Mm, that is a genius uh, little tidbit right there. So 
Oh, wow. So we, we're going to jump into mastering hashtags because we already had some questions about hashtags. Um, and by the way, before we, we get started on that, I want to make sure that you guys check out, and this is once again, driving traffic back to her site, jenstrends.com forward slash books. And once again, for you guys listening on the podcast, that's J-E-N-N-S-T-R-E-N-D-S.com forward slash books. And what that allows her to do is um, she's got all her books listed there. And there's one that's not on Amazon. And talk about that really quick. It's your book, Hashtags and Lock, which I took the title for this show. Um, <laughs> w- talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, it, it's, it focuses on mastering hashtags. And yes. why is it a, strig- a strategic approach to hashtags? Why is that crucial for Instagram success? Well, this is one of those things where I, I the one question I probably still to this day get asked more than anything else is, Jen, how do I use hashtags on Instagram? And so I decided to write an ebook and it's 20 pages just about Instagram hashtags. It's probably the most comprehensive resource anywhere in the world just dedicated to Instagram hashtags. So if you've ever wondered which ones to use, how to pick the right ones, where to find them, where to post them, how many should you post? It's all covered and more in this ebook that it's brand new. I just launched it this month. So it's fresh, it's relevant for 2024. And it even includes the fact that Instagram had a major glitch last week or two weeks ago now and ruined my life for two days. <laughs> but in this, I know I literally lost two days of my life when Instagram does these things. But Instagram put up an error message saying you can only put five hashtags on a feed yeah. post. And it was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Now, Meta has agreed. They told me specifically it was a glitch and they fixed it. But if this is in the system, we know that this is because it's, even if it's an alpha test, like they're they're testing. They're, this is somehow in the system for this to have come up as a glitch. So I did add a section at the end of hashtags unlocked that talks about what happens when this happens. How do you prepare now for if Instagram says we're only going to get five hashtags? What things should you be focusing on today with your current hashtag strategy that it's covered in this book and prepare for if it was to change that you're best prepared. I will say I have been teaching this hashtag strategy in variations, but essentially the root of it, I've been teaching this strategy for like nine years. Um, And every time, even now I'll be at a conference and someone comes, you know, to the, the session, they learn my hashtag strategy and I'll get an email a week later. Oh my God, Jen, I used your strategy and I landed a new client. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> cause it works. I promise it works. So it is one of these people don't think about how much the effort they really need to put into hashtags. They just kind of throw up some hashtags and hope it'll work. But if you want it to be successful, there are very key strategies to use. And that's, what's all covered in the book. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, and by the way, I think it, what is it? Is it $9? Like, is that what yes, it is? $9. Yes. $9. That's cheaper than Netflix. Like, cause you have to buy, it. you know, I'm seriously, <laughs> right? it is. And so uh, go check it out. She, I mean, you can tell already by the, uh, from the show that she knows what she's talking about. So jenstrends.com forward slash book, make sure you go check that one out, but we've got more questions, Connor. I know you have some more. Yeah. I think, you know, people understand that hashtags are important, but more often than not, I also think they think, well, I don't know how important they are, right? And that's kind of why they just throw stuff up there, you know? So for Jen, how does it actually, when we're talking about um, hashtags, how does that impact the Instagram algorithm for your audience that you're trying to reach? And then with that knowledge, you know, how do you create a strategy that can be beneficial to that algorithm to put you in front of the people that you need to be put in front of? So the biggest change from 
a few years ago to now is we have this thing called keyword search. So back in the day, like three years ago, you would only be able to search for a hashtag, right? If you wanted to find San Diego restaurants, you had to go look at hashtag San Diego restaurants as one word or hashtag restaurant San Diego. That was the only way to search. Now that we have keyword search, you can type in two to three keywords. It is not long tail search like Google. Let's just be real. It's not that advanced yet, but you could type in San Diego restaurants as three words and get a bunch of populated responses. As I mentioned, Instagram looks at three areas. It's going to look at the content itself, the caption. It's going to look at the hashtags on that post, and it's going to look at your profile description. So in those hashtags, it's your chance to tell Instagram what your content is about outside of just what you have in the caption. So if you have long descriptive captions, to be honest, hashtags become redundant. The artificial intelligence, the AI scanning your caption is getting enough information for categorization. But most people aren't writing long descriptive captions. They're writing two or three sentences. You're a restaurant and you say, you know, tonight's dinner special is X, Y, Z. You're not telling him where that location is, um, you know, what type of restaurant it is, you know, are you a like high end restaurant? Are you a discount buffet restaurant? None of that is listed in that short caption. So your hashtags allow you to start to define who that is, who you're trying to reach, what your your content is about, what your post is about, what your brand is about, any of that sort of stuff. So the hashtags give additional clarification which is key to getting found in the relevant keyword searches. So that's the most important reason for using hashtags. But beyond that, it really does help people understand the niche of where you are. So most people will come out and just say hashtags, right? And they're going to be like hashtag marketing, hashtag business, hashtag real estate. And those are the worst hashtags to use because they're so popular that they literally don't actually tell the algorithm anything. They don't put your content in the right places. So the key to the hashtags is to find those less popular. So I have three buckets, usually popular is upwards of a million posts associated with a hashtag, moderately popular, and then you're super niche specific. And we want to combine all three of those because it's the niche specific that actually get you found by your customers. Mm -hmm. Using hashtag marketing is never going to find me my target audience. But hashtag Instagram success, Instagram strategies, Instagram marketing, business marketing tips, all of these start to narrow down that funnel. And that's who I actually want as my target audience. And by using those right hashtags, I'm telling Instagram, I'm not just teaching marketing. If I have business marketing tips, Instagram was like, well, duh, you're obviously teaching marketing because you're doing business marketing tips. So it's better to have those smaller ones that give more categorization to the industry, the, the solution you provide, your target audience needs that act or geographical locations, using those geographical tags for the, the areas that you serve. If you're a local business, telling Instagram, this is what you do and getting it in front of the right people. Mm. So. I want to kind of circle back a little bit because you talked about, you know, finding the right hashtags. Are there any like tools or third party apps that you recommend to find those hashtags that are good? I do. I know Tailwind way back in the day had a, a system that actually would categorize them and have them different color coded. Is there other tools that you like to use or you recommend for doing that, you know, keyword research? 
again, three, four, five years ago, there was a lot of really good tools. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, I think because of the move towards keyword search, a lot of those tools are like, meh, (laughs) they're not not as invested in it. So I don't personally use any tools. Um, I know there was hashtagify, so hashtag if I um was a great tool there was tag board was another really good tool i honestly don't know if they're still actively doing that and a lot of those had moved to like twitter based hashtags which Mm -hmm. now i again because of x and everything else i don't even know if they're supporting that environment so i wouldn't personally rely on any of those tools i typically go into instagram and i start typing in a topic or keyword go to the tags option so when you go to search it defaults to keyword search then you can choose like you know um like accounts and pages or locations and different things but there's a tags option that's your hashtags and go in there and look and see what other ones it recommends it'll start to tell you and it'll tell you how many posts are associated with all of those hashtags and just kind of start looking through what those are brainstorming through i always tell my clients it's probably going to take you a good couple of weeks like if you're starting from scratch on your hashtag strategy this is not something you're going to sit down in half an hour and create a whole hashtag strategy you're going to want to spend time digging into this go look at your competition what hashtags are they using what are other people in your industry using go look at them and see you know does this make sense for my brand should i have you know something more specific more you know broad and spend the time to research this over a week or two make your your bucket so bucket out your hashtags that you want to use and then once every maybe six months to a year i kind of revisit it and just kind of look at it and be like um yeah i don't think that was probably relevant anymore maybe i'll switch it out but Mm. once you have them you can reuse the same hashtags over and over and over again there is no penalty for doing so and if you've got the right strategy use the same hashtags every time go for it that's awesome. I think a lot of people don't take that time, but that leads into a great question from Tatiana asked earlier. She goes, hello, hello. I know you're concentrating on LinkedIn, but I use LinkedIn and YouTube. Do hashtags work the same way across platforms? Are these different? She appreciates uh, us bringing this up. So you, you kind of mentioned that like with X and or Twitter or whatever it is now. Um, can you use the same ones or is it like wildly different? Don't touch it. Like, you know, <laughs> don't don't try to use what's on TikTok on Instagram, that kind of thing. I mean, I think with TikTok to Instagram, there's a bit more of the similarity in how hashtags work. Even then, you probably aren't going to use as many hashtags on TikTok as you do on Instagram. Instagram is the one platform where you can use up to 30 hashtags, and I recommend using as many as possible. Until they turn around and tell us we can only use five, use your 30. Use 22, 27, whatever it is. Use as many as possible because the more you tell Instagram what your content is about, the more searches you're going to show up in that are relevant to your target audience. So it's a more is more environment on Instagram, whereas on other platforms, you know, LinkedIn isn't even really focusing on hashtags like they used to. If you're using one or two for categorization or branding, by all means, go for it. Facebook, same thing. Um, TikTok, if you're using, you know, 10 hashtags, you're probably good with that. Some people may use a few more, but Again, Instagram's one of these ones where like you're going to flood your hashtags on Instagram compared to every platform, which is ironic because I hate hashtags. I think they're just ridiculous. But (laughs) she wrote a book on it. That's That's right. And she wrote a book on it, folks. Um, On that note. So are there any common mistakes that you see businesses or, you know, small business owners or or, you know, solopreneurs make with their hashtags and what 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 are they doing wrong? And kind of the, the one that you see that happens all the time. You're like, oh my gosh, they're doing it again. What, <laughs> what do you, what do you, what, what is that thing that you see them do? 
So the couple, there's a couple things. One is using those super broad hashtags, using hashtag marketing, you know, hashtag music, hashtag fun. Like just don't even just, you're never going to, it's never going to solve anything. You're never going to get found. It's not helping you with search. So don't use those super broad hashtags. There's two other things that kind of have become a newer thing with the way keyword search works, but you no longer, you don't want your hashtags in a comment because if you put them in a comment, Instagram does not read those for keyword search. It's only going to read your hashtags if they are in the caption. And no, it doesn't look spammy. No, nobody cares. Just put them in the caption. But don't, you know, we're so programmed to be like, oh, let's hide them in that first comment. And we have all the third party (laughs) tools that allow you to do a first comment now and all these things. But it's not helping you with search if you put them there. It will work for key or for hashtag search. If someone does go to that specific hashtag, you still populate. But for keyword search, Instagram won't scan hashtags in a comment. So we want to leave them in the caption. On that note, for accessibility, for if you're leaving your hashtags in the caption, please, please, please use camel case. It's such a, it's such a big difference to people who use screen readers. And for the accessibility of if you have a hashtag and it's all lowercase, screen readers have to read every single letter one by one. It can't read them as a word. But if you capitalize the first letter of each word in your hashtag, screen readers can read it as words. Mm. It's the way this functionality works. So can you explain camel case? Because some people like Connor may not know. (laughs) So camel case is where you capitalize the first letter. So you give the, it's the bumps. That's the camel impact. So like if I said, this is a hashtag, I would capitalize the T in this, the I in is, the A and then the H in hashtag. So instead of having it all lowercase as one string, you capitalize the first letter of each word. Yeah, and Doc says, yeah, I'll, he uses camel case. So Doc Rock is, is giving his endorsement. So very, very good. Got it. Yeah. Great animal, great yeah. animal. <laughs> we have a good question here on, on you know, from webbed VDO. Let's go with that, shall we? So AI, using AI for hashtag generators on Instagram. I guess we can kind of broaden that and say, just in general, like Jen, where do you Mm -hmm. see AI and and maybe a hashtag strategy uh, coming into play? So, and I get asked this question a lot lately. I am not opposed to using AI, chat GPT, whatever it is, for keyword recommendations. I am opposed to using it for hashtag strategies because again, AI doesn't understand the nuances of the platform. And AI is typically gonna recommend hashtags that are very broad or that don't get to your targeted industry needs or solutions of your uh, your product or your service. It's going to give you very high level ideas. It's a good place to start for keywords. It's a good place to say, okay, what are some of the things, you know, give me the top 20 hashtags that people are searching for in my industry, whatever that industry is. It's a good place to start, but then to narrow down to those niche specific or those those less popular hashtags, that's going to come from manual research. And if you tell ChatGPT, give me the least popular hashtags, it's good it it doesn't calculate what that looks like. So it as AI gets better, the might become a more reliable resource, but I would rely on the AI only as a starting point for your hashtags, not as a definitive list of hashtags for your strategy. That's kind of like what we talk about 
all yeah. the time with just brainstorming, right. using AI to help brain. Starting kick. point. Yeah. And a great place to start is Dustin Stout goes, did someone say AI? Yes. His Magi <laughs> uh, AI tool is Shout amazing. Yes. I am a customer uh, as well. So you make sure if you don't know about Magi, you go check that out because Dustin's tool is really, really cool. Um, but uh, another really, really cool tool is our friends over at Ecamm. Yes, right. That's right. They sponsored the show. Ecamm.com forward slash Jeff. You can actually get 15% off your first purchase there by using the code Jeff 15. They also have an amazing community and we actually have the head of their community in our audience right now, Doc Rock. He is amazing. He's what keeps the the train on the tracks over there. But seriously, folks, if you want to have a great community and you're wanting to learn how to do live video presentations, all those things uh, that you see us doing live here on the show, you need to go check out Ecamm. Join their community. Look at their Discord server. They have you know, their Facebook group is amazing as well. So make sure to check them out. But Ecamm.com forward slash Jeff are the sponsors of this show. Um, I want to dive into our last and final sections about leveraging Instagram. So I really want to talk really quickly about, you know, conversions. Like it's great to have those vanity metrics. It's great to have thousands of followers, but if it's not moving the needle, if it's not making you sales, it's not making you money. Why are you doing it? So based on your expertise, what types of content are the most effective at converting followers into those customers, especially for like those product and service based businesses. And this is why I launched my membership, Profit Your Profile, because <laughs> I was like, it's about more than likes, because it is, right? Like, so many people tell me all the time, they're like, Jen, how hard is Instagram? You just post a pretty photo. And I'm like, if it was that easy, I wouldn't have built an entire career for a decade. So it is taking it to that next level, right? Like you said, if, if it's just about the likes, if it's just about the pretty pictures, it's not driving your business. Um, I worked with a client years and years ago and she was a jewelry designer and she had beautiful photos of all this jewelry. And not in one of her posts did she ever say that she made them and that they were for sale. And she was like, Jen, nothing's converting. Like I'm never making a sale. I get hundreds of likes on my, my jewelry, but no one ever buys anything. And I'm like, you literally never said it was for sale. So at some point we do have to include the sales, right? right. We, it can't just be the pretty pictures. It can't just be the engagement bait. We at some point have to move people down that funnel path to get them to where they're ready to make a sale or to purchase. And so it is going to be things like those tutorials, those resources, the educational content, right? Start showing yourself as an authority, start talking about how you do this or how you came up with this solution or why you made this product change or whatever it is. So people start to see the value behind things that's moving them along the line. We want to have that opportunity to share that. If you are your brand, show your voice of expertise, have an opinion on something in your industry. Industry. Do not just run down the middle of the road, never having an opinion. If you have an opinion, you're going to make sales. It's just how it works because people will affiliate with your opinion. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, somebody finally said what I've been agreeing with. I want to follow that person. I want to work with that person. I want that coach. I want that product, whatever it is. And then make sure you are putting in things about your products and services. So, you know, I, for my brand, because I have my books, I've got speaking, I've got consulting, like I have different tracks. 
I usually pick a topic per month. So this month I'm pushing the Instagram uh, hashtags unlocked. Then next month I'll push speaking. And then the next month I'll mention, I'll push profit your profile, which is my membership. So I, I choose a topic every month if you have multiple different kind of sources of revenue so that there's a constant theme. If people come to you because they're you're talking about your book and they found you from the book, now they're getting all this content about your book. But then the next month you're going to give them something else you're not, you know, kind of pinballing all around your content and all the different services you offer. So you want to be very strategic in where you're focusing that attention in your products and services so that people go like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's talked about this 10 times. I really need to buy that book versus hearing about it once, forgetting about it, and they don't see it again for, you know, another post out of whack three weeks later or that sort of thing. And then make sure you're putting your calls to action in there. The calls to action can be send me a DM click the link in bio, comment whatever below, and then you respond to them with a DM. You could say like comment link below or comment I want in or whatever it is. And then you message them with that information. But you've got to start to have those calls to action in there that lead them into that sales process so that they're ready to convert. There is no magic. I always get the question that, you know, what's the magic ratio? Is it 20% sales posts and 80% you know, entertainment right. education? There's no magic number. You, you learn your audience, but yes, we need the fluffy engagement bait. We need the resource, the value add, and we need the sales post. And maybe that's an equal 33%. Maybe it's only 20% sales. Maybe it's 60% sales. You're in campaign or launch mode. The sales posts go up substantially. That's 80% of your content that month. So it, it can alternate. There's no magic number, but we do need the equal distribution of all three in order for those sales to convert. Mm. Great tip. That. Yeah. Yeah. And, and breaking that up, I think makes it easy, especially because you can't just go in blind. You, you have to come up with a schedule of, of these yeah. things of, of when you're posting consistently. And then you can also make that easy to see, okay, we got all of our categories accounted for, which brings up a great question from Tatiana, who's asking, do you know of any social media post scheduling tools that allow you to tag people? She uh, purchased, uh, Create Square from AppSumo, AppSumo app, got it. But I have to go back to post uh, to tag all the people. Is that possible? So just a general also post scheduling tool kind of question. Yeah, I mean, I'm a diehard Agora Pulse user. I've been an affiliate brand ambassador, a diehard user of them for years. Um, so I will always recommend Agora Pulse first. And it does, it. the problem with the the scheduling tools is if you're trying to post to multiple platforms the tagging feature doesn't usually work right. and what happens is their tag on facebook is different than what they use on instagram which is different than what they use on linkedin and so if you're writing one post and putting it to all three platforms it doesn't work because it you're at you know agora pulse at social media news live but maybe on Facebook, there's dots in there, or there's like another character at the end or something like that. So they don't always translate over. So it's easier if you're only doing it for the one platform, the tags will work better. Um, but you know, like whether it's Agora Paul, Sprout Social um, are, you know, kind of the two that I most recommend. They're going to be the higher end price point for these types of tools, but they offer so much more functionality. They offer the resources that we want. So, you know, when you I always say you get what you pay for when you get the free apps, when you pay for the, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month app, you're not going to get all the functionality. And if you do now, 
they're a startup and the rates are just going to go up anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd right. rather work with a company that right. has like established and already gotten all the bugs out of the system and just pay mm. them 40 bucks a month to, to have the right. features that you actually want. But yes, you can use those tools. So Tatiana's got some great questions today. She goes, about to share a self-care post. Typical content is for college educators, um, active learning, audience engagement, et cetera. Should I always try to connect to to the self-care as an adjunct professor because she's that's kind of her that's who she is that's her brand so should she do that yes and no um you know it's one of those things where not everybody that you connect with is going to fall into both buckets and it's okay to go after you know just the self-care um that you know people who aren't in the educational space that aren't professors that aren't in that realm still want self-care and they may learn from your tips that they work in an industry that has similar stressors but they're not technically the same um, and then you're going to have content where maybe you want content just for the the professors the educators that environment that has nothing to do with self-care maybe it's just a tip or resource that is helpful to them in that industry and then you have some where they come together because that's who you're targeting so i would kind of play with the content and have some that is literally just for that that profession, have some that are just for self-care and have some that are for the overlie of merging the two in that sense. Gotcha. Awesome. This has been such an education. I just, I have to have my gen fix every, you know, couple months. It needs to be more regular, uh, but she's so hard to get a hold of because she's so popular. But um, Gary Stockton, big shout out to Gary. He is our biggest fan. He always says, uh, he says, remember the like thumb. Thank you, Gary, so much for that. I appreciate you, my friend, for always uh, supporting the show. And with that, I want to make sure we have plenty of time to, for Jen to tell all about where she's at, what she's doing, her speaking gigs, all the thing that she does jen tell us where we can find more about jen herman i mean pretty much everywhere as jen's trends you can go to jenstrends.com my website find pretty much everything linked there you can go to my instagram j-e-n-n-s underscore trends i post the most content on social on instagram that's where i post the most tips resources instagram related training i do post a lot of it onto uh facebook and linkedin as well but instagram is where i share most of the actual tips and resources you can sign up for my newsletter which goes out the first wednesday of every month uh if you go to bit.ly forward slash Jen's Trends newsletter, or just go to jenstrends.com and find the newsletter sign up there. That goes through every Instagram update of the month before. We typically have anywhere from 10 to 12 updates per <laughs> month on Instagram. Right. It's always evolving. So we break down all of that in the monthly newsletter, plus all the other big social media news and list out any fun resources and things that I'm excited about. So that's a great place to get all of your updates every month, stay on top of all things Instagram. So, so very cool. Yes. And I get her newsletter as well. So I would not recommend it because we have full inboxes, I know, but you need to sign up for Jen's uh, newsletter because it's very, very, very much worth it. Another person who's very, very much worth it is Connor Brown. Connor Brown, where can people find out more about you and what you offer, my friend? Well, on Instagram, you can go to at WDW opinion, and that's good for all social channels as well. And learn more at WDW opinion.com. 
sitcom. What a great, great show. This yes. Was. So we got so many, uh, so many people say Gen Fix is a month. I know you guys get on <laughs> or tell her to come back on the show more often. Uh, and so much. Thank you, uh, Tatiana, for saying thank you, Connor, Jen and Jeff, uh, Pat Mills as well. Uh, Gary, of course, and all my friends who I, I, you guys are all my friends who show up every week for this. I really do appreciate you. I appreciate Jen for being here. Don't forget to look at her book at jenstrends.com forward slash books. It's nine dollars, folks. I would it would be so much. Uh, it, it would be an honor for me to you for you guys to go there and buy it because it is such a good book. Make sure you guys go get that jenstrends.com forward slash books. And also the amazing Ecamm who makes this all possible. You can find out more about them at ecamm.com forward slash Jeff. If you haven't tried them yet, you might as well. 15% off your first order by using code Jeff15. It's amazing. I love it. I love the people there. I love the community. I love all of you and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching. Bye everybody. Social Media News Live.